while, isn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. The church is quiet on me. Why? You want only your pastor to preach to you. And the church is quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Shall we rise up together? Just begin to bless the Lord. Just begin to bless the Lord. Just give him praise. Just give him honor. Just worship him, adore him, uplift him, magnify him. He is God. He is Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 forward for us to pray for you. Bible says that he sent forth his word to heal. And therefore I want to believe God that even as we minister the word of God you must receive your healing in Jesus name. Amen. I want to thank pastor and the leadership of the church for inviting me to uh, minister this day. Yes it's been a while and I believe that some people will be wondering uh, the wife comes to church but he doesn't come. I'm still involved in my local church in London and so um, certain times it becomes difficult just to make room uh, to come here hallelujah I want to talk on the subject the church as a movement the church as a movement move dash meant or just movement the church as a movement and my main text that we will be looking into is Acts chapter 2 verse 41 to verse 47 it is so interesting that during the time of the announcement projection, I saw a kind of a, 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 a one of the slides saying that is it one man, one project? And that just said, thank you, Lord. One man, one project. So I'll be speaking into that by the enablement of the spirit and power of God. Hallelujah. I said, don't keep quiet on me. Hallelujah. Yeah, so when I say hallelujah, please just respond. Amen. Amen. I read Acts chapter 2, 41 to 47. Hallelujah. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that there are about 3,000 souls. Is that what I'm reading? Yes. Souls were added to, the, to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs with them through the apostles. Now all who believed were together 
and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. When we come to uh, uh, the, the much of what happened had to do with the incoming of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. When you go to Joel chapter 2, uh, where the prophets begin to prophesy that there was going to come a time that God was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And within that context, there are giftings that were supposed to be enacted by the incoming of the Holy Spirit. Some of us will prophesy, some who have dreams and all those things. Hallelujah. And we move, I want to jump from the uh, dual straight away into, into uh, the book of John. When John was being baptized or baptizing people, he was telling them that, yes, I do baptize you with water. That there was going to come someone who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Is that true? And of fire. And Jesus himself, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, referring to that before his ascension, when he had time with the disciples, began to tell them that they should go await for the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. They should go wait for the promise of the Father. Acts 1, 40, Acts 1, 4 to 8. He says, go wait for the promise of the Father, the promise that has been sent, that which Joel have announced, that we joined the Baptist are speaking about, that which I have told you also, you go wait for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm excited anytime I talk about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Bible says that he urges his disciples to go and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and power. It says that ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is, is uh, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Hallelujah. You have heard from me. Okay. Anyway, it moved into it, and however... In the mind of the prophets that were prophesying about the coming Holy Spirit, in the mind of the apostles, when they were talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit or the receiving of the Holy Spirit, they were linking that to the consummation of all things. In their mind or in their thinking, they were talking about the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. To my name. My name is Israel. So they were talking about the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. Hallelujah. But that was not, they were limited in those thoughts. Hallelujah. Because what God was looking at, what God was looking at, what Jesus Christ was looking at, he was looking at the theology of redemption, the wealth of Christ that embraces the whole world. 
So the coming of the Holy Ghost was not that to restore Israel, the kingdom to Israel, but it has to do with the redemptive work of God across the globe. Hallelujah. For which purpose Jesus himself came, a man, uh, his incarnation, the purpose of his incarnation, so the Holy Ghost actually come in affirming the work of the incarnation. And Acts 1.8 spells that purpose of his coming. The Bible says that then you shall receive what? It is on the board, so read with me now. You shall receive power when what? The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. That is to Jesus. In Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the world. Other translation will say to the uttermost part of the world. Hallelujah. The coming of the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Holy Ghost, the inception of the Holy Ghost has to do with the empowerment of the body of Christ for a divine purpose. The giving of the Holy Ghost is not for speaking in tongues. When we talk of tongues, I speak tongues very, very well. And Paul will say that he speaks tongues than anybody else. I speak tongues. I like speaking in tongues. Because of the way I speak tongues, my wife doesn't like praying with me a lot of times. Because when I change the gear, I don't know when to stop. She has to go to work or she needs to go and rest. But when I put it in gear 4, it, it is like just be going. So I speak in tongues. I like it. I embrace it. Because when I speak in tongues, it goes beyond my own imaginations. So I like speaking in tongues. I believe in the giftings of the Holy Spirit that we will prophesy. I believe in word of knowledge. I believe in word of wisdom. I believe in, in miracles. I believe in the gifts of faith. I believe in the gifts of healings. And thank God we do operate in them. But that is not the purpose of the giving of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the giving of the Holy Spirit is that we will receive dunamis, the ability, the endowment of power, the motivation, the courage, the strength, the boldness that we will be witnesses unto God. We will be witnesses of the purpose of his coming. Let me dwell on this verse a little bit. I know I'm digressing. To be witness is to, we, we also see something in this verse. How, how many of us are Nigerians here? Okay. How many? Uh, we are Ghanaians. Uh, Togolese. Okay. So we have various here. We have various people in this place. And that is what it means that. When some of us will be into our Jerusalem where we are in the now. And where we are in the now means that there is limit to cross-cultural evangelism or witnessing. So it is the people, when I come to you and I speak the same language of the same culture, it is easy for me to communicate Christ to you. So that is why it says that you start in your own location where you don't have to cross barriers, cultural barriers. Then it says that when you have acquainted yourself with that, then you can move ahead 
crossing, begin to cross cultural barriers. Now you can go into Judea, but you notice that even Judea, Jerusalem was situated in Judea. So you begin to move like, like today we are in, uh, where is this? Newington, isn't it? Yeah, Newington. But Newington is in, is it Ramsgate? It's in Ramsgate. And Ramsgate is in what? Tan, tan, tan it. Thank you. So in the same way it is that Newington is in Ramsgate. So Jerusalem is Newington. And Newington is in Judea. So yet we've not crossed barriers, but as soon as you move into Samaria, then we begin to cross barriers. And so first, our understanding is that if you are a, a excuse my language, a, a white British, then we want to see you reaching the white British. If we are in Nigeria, we want to see you witness, be a witness in your Jerusalem. Which is, you have the arm of God to reach the Nigerians. If you are a Ghanaian, then you are at the arm of God to reach the Ghanaians. Then when we begin to do that, we begin to move beyond the cultural barriers. Because evangelism is never fulfilled or accomplished. Except we that have been evangelized become an evangelizer. I say it again. Until we that have been evangelized becomes evangelizers in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 from 17. Bible says that from 17 to 20, I think, he said that God is in us. We that have been reconciled, it is as though God is in us reconciling the world into himself. So Jesus Christ is not going to come back here, walk on earth, ministering salvation unto men and women. But it says that you that he has reconciled unto himself, that we now become those that reconcile the world to himself. That responsibility has been laid upon us, and that responsibility is given unto us. So if we have launched one man, uh, one member, then it is in line. It is in line. I didn't know this. Responsibility has been laid on rest. Bible says that we are the ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors. If I'm an ambassador of, a, a, let's say, a Ghana, I'm the ambassador of Ghana here. What does it mean? I represent the president of Ghana here and with authority. And in the consulate of, of, of Ghana, if you commit anything and you run into the consulate, the police cannot, the British police cannot just dash into the consulate to say that they are taking you off or arresting you. No, it is as though you are in Ghana yourself. The laws of the country does not allow that. Do you remember, uh, who was it? This Is it this guy? Huh? The, Julia Hassan. What did he do? Which consulate did he run to again? Huh? Ecuador. He was still in British. He was still on this land in England, isn't it? But in that consulate, the police could not go in to arrest him. Because the authority of the government of Ecuador rests upon that ambassador.
rest in the consulate. And therefore the authority of the Father, the authority of Jesus rests upon us as ambassadors in this land. That is why I will go. We have something that we don't know. We are the embodiment of the power and of the glory of God. The Holy Ghost has come. He says, you will receive power. And I believe with Micah, oh Micah, what he says, I am full of power and I'm full of might because I am full of the Spirit. I am full of power. And I'm full of might. Because I am full of the Spirit. The purpose is spelled out in 1 Acts 1 and verse 8 that we will receive power and become witnesses for Christ and to his kingdom. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, Bible talks of the Holy Ghost coming on the day of Pentecost. And that is the 58 days after the period of harvest. And many will come from different regions for the celebration of the uh, feast of harvest. So when they came, they thought they were coming to celebrate the feast of harvest. They never knew that God has a harvest, a peculiar and spectacular harvest waiting on that day. Bible says it was on that day that the Holy Ghost came upon the apostles. But there is something that we need to go and look into when God, when Jesus was talking to them and he says that wait, he says wait. So they went to the upper room to do what? To wait. And Bible says when the Holy Ghost came upon them, because it's the first time there was a, 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 a wind, it came with rushing wind and it came with glowing tongues of fire. Today we don't see that anymore because we all know when the Holy Ghost comes now. But that was the first experience and they must be like we were teaching, what is the evidence of the Holy Ghost coming? So the, holy, the evidence of the Holy Ghost coming was the fire and was the wind. And Bible says that when it rested upon them, they began to speak in tongues. Worshipping and praising God. And, and the people that were gathered from every region had this 120 people that have received the Holy Ghost and people different responses. Some were saying that yet yeah, the wonderful works of God. Why? Because those from Cappadonia and those from Pontius, they were they begin to hear men and women speaking in their languages. So it was the wonderful words of God. Like if the Holy Ghost should come upon me now in a peculiar way and I begin to speak a, a Bengal language which I don't know, or a local Kenya language which I don't know, people will say, What a wonderful works of God. But yes, some people will say, this guy maybe before coming to church, he had passed through the corner bar and he's drunk. So there was those reaction. Some of the wonderful works of God and some begin to mock. At this early hour, people were drunk. And Peter stood
stood up. Bible says that Peter stood up and preached to defend, to explain what was happening that day. That they were not drunk. But you see, the promise of the fathers is that which has come to be. The promise of the Father, the promise of the Ghost is that which is happening in the now. And by the time he has finished preaching his sermon, the 120 men had increased to 3,000 men. Why? Because of the inception of the Holy Ghost. Because of the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, Peter was a man, we would say, timid, unlearned person. He stood up, Bible says that when the Holy Ghost came upon him, he stood up for. He spoke and 3,000 men were added to the church. Church, let me submit this to you. If we can't, we men that are here, we are almost about one third or one fourth of you. So, in those days, in their, in, in, in their custom, they will count heads by men. They don't count heads by women. And they don't count children. It means that if actually we want to estimate how many people got saved because of the power of the Holy Ghost, then we want to say that women... 3,000, maybe times 3, or no, don't let us exaggerate too much, times 2. So, plus 3,000, plus 6,000 women. Children, maybe let's just add another 3,000. So, for one sermon, about 7,000 people or 10,000 people got saved. It is not because of the ability or the affluence of Peter, but it is because something had happened. Something had happened to him, and it is the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, Bible say, when the Holy Ghost comes, you will receive power. So the Holy Ghost came. The Bible says 3,000 men were added to the church. The church, I want to submit to you that those men or those people who that were added to the church was the beginning of the first movement of people that had given their life to Christ. A movement that was referred to earlier on in scripture that the people of the way, the people of the way are not people that are stagnant. The people of the way are not people that are static. Let me use do respect our gypsies uh, community to you. They are never in one place. Because they are people that we can refer to as the community of the way. They are here today, tomorrow they have moved. That is why the government is trying all that they can to maybe confine them to certain places. So change that movement, the people of the way, is that what today we refer to as church. But the those that were added to the church 
and with the disciples with the movement so the church is not actually church, 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 church the church could be represented by a kind of a movement so we are a movement a movement is not static a movement is dynamic a movement is dynamic a movement is progressive and because that movement has his life wire, his power, his breath in the Holy Ghost, the movement is not an organism, but a, an organization, but the movement is an organism. Because it bears in itself the life of the Spirit of God. And there is no organization, uh, organism that is static. Every organism must grow. If they don't grow, then they are diminishing. They will die. Or we will say something is happening. So as a movement, we need to be dynamic. And we need to be dynamic in response to the to, to what God has called us, the purpose of which the Holy Ghost has come. We are in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. If you are here and you have not received the Holy Ghost. Pastor, we'll be praying for you. That is not my job to do today. He said, you shall be witnesses unto me. That is why the Holy Ghost has been given. We are a movement. And I'm sharing with you today things that I believe the Holy Ghost is telling me out. I'm spending my time now to look at what it entails to start a movement. I've imagined myself going to the council and said, hey, give us permission. Today we want to storm the beach. Today we want to storm this area. You see, let me tell you something. Life, life matter is a movement. That is a social movement. There was a movement that arose some time ago. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Arab Spring. Was it a movement? Today you see this Arab nation. They say there is a revolution and, and then the youth or the young ones want to take over. Then it sprung to another country. Then it sprung to another But because, where is it now? There are certain movements that have come and have have died, but our movement cannot die because it has its life. Its source is in Christ Jesus. Its source is in the Holy Ghost. So I'm here to stay you up. I'm here to push you. I'm here to tell you that you are part of a movement and you need to arise and begin to be dynamic. I want to thank everyone in this church that have invited people into this church before. And if you have not, then it is your time. So the movement started. The movement is dynamic. Gaining his strength and enthusiasm from the Holy Spirit, which is his life where 
Through the book of Acts, we will see how the church begin to grow, how the church begin to multiply. If they had only concentrated in the area that they received the Holy Ghost, if they are only concentrated in Jerusalem, today you and me, where will we be? How many of us are saved, have received Jesus Christ as God? encountered with Jesus Christ that obeyed having received the power of the Holy Ghost and moved into from out of their Jerusalem into their Judea and moved from their Judea into their Samaria and moved out of their Samaria into the outermost part of the world and therefore you and me today are recipients of those gospel. You and me are the outworking of the Holy Ghost which happened about 2,000 years ago. But we cannot let that movement die. I'm praying to God that irrespective of the denomination of the church that I belong to that we will come together as a movement a strong vibrant movement a movement can change the society that which is called norm can be changed that is the purpose of the movement I was once a sinner that was the norm but because of the outworking of the Holy Ghost today I can say I am the redeem of the Lord. That is a social change. Acts 6 and 7. Then the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of priests we are obedient to the faith. A movement is dynamic and static. We have said it again through the book of Acts. We have seen that. And it is when the gospel is being preached that Bible says that the Lord himself bear forth witness with signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah. When we were growing and it still happens, It still happens. It still happens. Wherever you, I never knew that I operate in certain distinct areas of healing until I moved out. I never knew that there were certain operations of God himself. Except when I started going to the hospitals and to witness. I never knew of the diversities of giftings that I had until I started going out. You want to discover where you are? You go out. And when you see someone Can I pray for you? 
in these years and you just pray because you have spoken the word and things begins to happen then you come back and say oh you see first you want to even raise your shoulder before you give glory to God because it is spectacular it is interesting hallelujah let me share with you some few elements we cannot exhaust all but let me share with you some few things that if we want to be that movement if cross global cross fire UK want to be a dynamic movement I'm not saying you are not but we want to raise the stake now we want to raise the bar certain times a local pastor will be talking and saying the same thing and people don't 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 don't, don't take it did I ask you what I need to preach if you ask my wife she will tell you anytime I want to preach I have a struggle I have a struggle because I need to know exactly what God wants me to preach I told her ah, this way I'm out until yesterday when she was in Birmingham before she was asking me even uh, have you made your decision yes now I am okay so we come with that knowledge of what you are running this year but if the spirit of God is leading him and is leading me then I want to say that here is the word of God to you here is the word of God to this congregation I don't have to say that I'm prophesying. But here is the word of God to the congregation. Number one. If you will be a church dynamic, if we are a church that can be referred to as a movement, then our reliance, the first thing must be on the power of the Holy Ghost. Because like we have read, it was when the Holy Ghost came upon them that we begin to see, we begin to see the massive change, a movement picking up, a movement starting, a movement that today almost every part of the world know that there is something called Christianity. Because it is a movement. Hallelujah. Our reliance must be in the Holy Spirit. Then that is the purpose for which he was given. And in Acts 2 47, and the Lord added to the church daily, daily, as to those who are saved, because we were not relying on what we can do, we were relying on the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage us. You see, even Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, the disciples, yes, at a point in time, they themselves, they were shaking because of the persecution around. They have to go and pray, Father, grant us the boldness 
that we can continue to witness. The Bible says the Holy Ghost came upon them again. The place that they were shook up. It is the Holy Ghost. And they went out preaching the word of God. I have seen it before. I have tasted it. And I stand in the presence of God's children and I stand to give a testimony. And I say this to his glory and not to my glory. I was the SU president of, 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 of Labon, those who come from Ghana, of a secondary school or a high school then. The sixth form, isn't it? What do they call it here? The same sixth form. A levels. When I went to the lower level, because it's two years, isn't it? So the first year of my A level or sixth form, I decided I wasn't going to join the SU. I decided I would do my own thing. One day I was in the dormitory when the leaders of the SU came to me and said that you cannot hide. We know who you are. But my style was different from their style. We know who you are. It's okay. So, I started going and immediately they made me as a, uh, an executive with that portfolio because already the, the leadership was, was, was filled up. So we joined. And come the third term of that first year, they need to go. Those in upper need to go. And then we have to move to the second year, isn't it? So they have to elect uh, some of us. In the same time, the school wanted, uh, uh, will now choose those of his officers. And I was chosen first to be the interim uh, school prefect, the whole school prefect. And I, you know, I was then the other, the big man then among the students. But I felt that, no, that is not what I wanted to do. So, somewhere, somehow, I was changed to be the chapel prophet in those days. It means that I'm the chapel prophet. So, I accepted that and also became the SU prophet. I say it to the glory of God. We change tactics. We change dynamics. When we come into, uh, into the, uh, uh, in, in, in our auditorium, like this one, there was an underground. There was a basement, and that is where we meet to pray. Seeking the face of God. Because the area that where the Laboni, it was noted, you know, these rich people's uh, uh, daughters that comes and the cars that driving to just. It was an open school. But I felt that I had a mandate. And the mandate was to seek his presence and to change the situation around. I remember that almost every, every meeting that we have, not less than 20 people were added to the church, to the SU meeting. I remember I have to go to my knees and say, God, enough, it is enough. Those that we have given now, I have not even discipled them. We are adding another one. What should I do? For every church that the dynamics have been changed, that the people accept the responsibility and the mandate of the Great Commission and seek the power of the Holy Ghost and I submit to you, we can see change. We can see here being filled and we're looking for a bigger place or running to services. We can see miracles being happened. We can see wonders being happened. We can see instant healings taking place. We can then see divine intervention because the Holy Ghost is here. 
So for a movement, we need the Holy Ghost. And you see, it is not on the pastor. It is you and it is me. It is you and it is me. It is not the pastor. It is not the leaders. But it is you. It is me. I started making a change in my church when I was nobody. I was just a youth. Let me give you this second testimony and then I will finish. I belong to the assemblies of God back at home. And we have this youth ministry which you have here also, isn't it? And we have a change in pastors. So the new pastor was one who loves prayer and so divided the church. Main ministry Monday, you are the people praying half night. Tuesday, it is the women ministry. Wednesday, it is the choir and the, the music people. So he divided us that way and he divided us. Uh, and so we, the youth, also have our day. But we see, he saw our limitations as youth. But brother, look to the cross of Christ. I want to submit to you when the Spirit of God started kicking us as youth and the presence of the Holy Ghost was in our meeting. It was not only anymore a youth meeting, but our fathers and our mothers were part of the youth meeting. Today, as some of God committee for, with its edifice, with its number, was built because people in the congregation realized that the Holy Ghost has been given to witness begin to pray. And not only pray, but they themselves begin to witness. And God daily begin to act to the church. Stand up with me. Let me ask you a question. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not a palm reader, so you will pardon me. I want you to look in, the, in your palm. Just stretch off your palm. And I want you to look. No, only the right one. Just no, only the right one. Yeah, look. Don't look at me anymore. Look into your palm. If I ask you what do you see, you will tell me that there is some lines inside here, isn't it? That is what you will see. Mommy, no, continue. When I finish, then you I'll let you put it down. What do you see? What do you see in your palm? Brother, look into it for me. What do you see in your palm? What do you see in your palm, please? That is what do you see in your palm? What do you see in your palm? What do you see, my dear? You see the lines? You see the drawings? The wonderful markings of God. But in those palms, now look into your palm last time for me. In your palm lies the life of someone. In that palm lies the salvation of someone. Will you let the person go? Will you let the person go? Will you let the person go? If you cannot tell him Jesus or her, Jesus loves her. At least invite her to the church. 
then we will do the altar call and bring the person to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In that power of yours is the salvation of someone. Will you let the person go? Shall we pray? Maybe you are here this morning. The question is this. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Maybe today you want to give your life to Christ. He came to die for us. He came for our redemption. He came to save us. Maybe you want to give your life to Christ. Just give me a wave. And I want to pray with you shortly. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. If there is no one here, then the charge is upon us then. The charge is upon us. That we will fulfill our mandates. The charge is upon us. One man, one member. One woman, one member. In the name of Jesus. Father, I just want to thank you. I bless you, Lord, as I stand up, my Father, of God. This congregation. I set them up, my Father, of God. To witness, Lord, I stand them up, my Father of God, that will become a movement, my Father of God, that it was in the days of old. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you. I release your blessing upon everyone here. And if there be any sickness or diseases, Lord, I rebuke them by the authority of the name of Jesus and speak divine healing, Lord. Divine healing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For Bible says he took our sicknesses, he bore our diseases, and that by his stripes we are healed. I praise you, Father. I praise you. I praise you.